Accessing archive. Authorizing. Access granted. Accessing file. Only go by Jag, Jaguar. Uh, yeah. I especially. Really know, I don't think I know your name. <laughs> <laughs> I think your, a lot of people don't know my what's name. What's your name, Nate? My real name is Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, and Jag is actually my initials. Okay. Um, but Jaguar is what I go with whenever I'm doing art shows or events because that's mm -hmm. I'm taking on a different persona. Mm -hmm. if, um, I don't know how to explain that, but it's like I'm not me basically when I'm creating. Mm -hmm. I'm just. I'm just the vessel, and this creative process is just coming out. Okay, very yeah. cool. Where did the name originate? Um, so I used to have this recurring dream of this this big cat when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and it terrified the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so um, uh, it just kept stalking me in my dreams, and I I really just could not could not handle it. They were so intense; they would wake me up. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't. It wasn't until I got older that I found out what it was. Because I was like, oh, it's a leopard or something, but it kept uh, shifting between these these beautiful golden and black spots to this all black color, mm -hmm. and it just kept shifting. But it would stare at me, like just walk around me and just stare at me. Um, and so when I got older and started learning about uh, Mexico and South America and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, I learned about the jaguar, and it was just like it was like recognition, you know. And I was yeah. like that, and so. Um, I met uh, a visionary artist, Andrew Gonzalez. Okay. Um, he teaches in Vienna, but he's from San Antonio. His his work is amazing. He, he's very like based in the white color, right? Yeah. So he uses um, uh, it's basically an, uh, taking away a subtractive method. Yeah. So he like covers a gesso board with paint, and then he starts to take away layers mm -hmm. with an eraser, and then he'll come in with the finer details. It's all like airbrush, very wow. fine. Okay. Um, looks like porcelain. Yes, it does. I remember yeah, that much. Yeah. yeah, and he was very much like, you should keep pursuing art. You, you should do more. And he just met me one time, and mm -hmm. I, was, I wasn't doing any art at the time. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be drawing a sketch on the back of a receipt, and he saw what I was doing. He's like, do you have more? Do you have more <laughs> art? And I was like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, then I started having, like, right after that meeting, it was like, it was almost like a kickstart, like... I started having those dreams again about mm. that cat. And this time, instead of being afraid of it, I was curious, like, mm -hmm. what are you? Why are you coming to me? And um, I'm really big into learning about uh, Native American cultures and our animal nature. And mm -hmm. um, of course, that comes with the animal totems and animal spirits. And that was that was what I resonated with the most. So the jaguar mm -hmm. is my, my spirit animal. So you spell it a little different, though. Yeah, so when I first started, I was going by just Jaguar uh -huh. with the, the regular spelling, but I kept running into people, um, especially in San Antonio. I kept running into Jaguars of all different types. I met this meth head named Jaguar. <laughs> and so I was like, I need to play around with that. Sure. And um, my friend was joking about the fact that I looked really wired when I would do art because mm. I'm just like in this zone. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're up late at night you're like have this energy and he mentioned wired he's like you're, it's like you're wired on something mm -hmm. and i was like oh it clicks jaguared yeah. wow yeah. so the spelling okay. changed to jaguared very cool 
So that's awesome. Yeah. So about your story here with a you know a mentor or a maestro or someone that kind of gave you this uh, affirmation. Yeah. It, that happens to a lot of people I've noticed. Like somewhere along the line, like you know they have this hobby. They kind of want to pursue it, but they've never really had like a real validation in it. And then someone that they respect comes up and says, oh, cool. Like, yeah, Yeah. keep going. And you're like, that just doesn't happen for no reason. You know, there's a reason. It just takes one person and it could be very small. It could Mm -hmm. be very, very minute. And it's just paying attention to those signs because we we have signs come to us all the time. It's just when we start to see it mm-hmm. that, you know, it, when it's like really in our face, that's when we notice it. And um, sometimes it's either too late or sometimes um, we latch on and it takes us for a ride. Mm-hmm. And for me, it took me for a ride. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> really and why journey. not do that? Yeah. Because this is our one life, you know? Yeah. So much better to, to just go for that in the set of... Yeah wonder and and then one day when you're old you're like "Hmm, maybe i should have did that thing you know like that thing that i was calling me i think that's a little bit of the glimpse of uh insight that psychedelics allow you to see is what life is it's this thing it's mega important it's mega sacred and do with it what your heart wants you know like you don't have to follow the money or follow the well-worn path or do what your parents told you to do. Like once you find the thing that calls your soul, I feel like it is your path to do that thing, you know, personally. So I know that um, your artwork feels inspired by visionary experiences, psychedelic experiences. Would you say that? Yes, and kind of a coupling of other things too. So, you know, it's really about exploring the self and our connection with one another, Mm because that's very, um, it's shown through these experiences that we are very connected to one another Mm -hmm. anyway, and we're connected with nature. I mean, we are a part of nature. We can't separate ourselves. We could build houses and buildings all around us, but we are still part of nature. Mm -hmm. Um, And nature will take from us and we will take from it. We we have that, uh, we're supposed to have a very symbiotic Mm -hmm. connection. And, you know, with sacred medicines, that wakes you up to that. Like, it makes it more, makes you more aware to it. Not everybody has to um, have that experience to get there, but it does open that door. And then um, that door leads to a hallway with many other doors that you have choices to explore Mm. or um, really evolve your understanding of what's around us. And I just take a portion from any of that and mm-hmm. just incorporate it, especially with nature, because that's, um, I always feel like, like safe when I'm out hiking, like mm-hmm. it, it's almost like it's, this is where I'm supposed to be, Yeah, as opposed to be inside a building. Right. Um, I've noticed that about, about your presence online. It's very full of just nature. Yeah. It's just like ton of nature. So what is your relationship with nature? Because myself, um, during my first few psychedelic experiences, I recognized nature as this super sacred, holy place that has been here for all of time, and we're we're in its world. Yeah. They're not in the, the trees and the plants aren't in the human world. Like we're in the plants world. Like we're the guests. You know, we're yeah. the visitors. This is this is their thing. You know, um, and. 
I had a few very profound experiences in OP Schnapel, which is a place that I think you like as yeah. well. Very, oh, yeah. very wonderful park. Yeah, there's the water that runs through it, and that's mm. why, like, there's water there. Water is like one of the most sacred forms as well, and mm-hmm. having that there, even though you don't see it, like you, you can walk along the riverbed, and I always feel like even more connected when I'm along the riverbed than mm-hmm. any other part of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. I call the riverbed the yeah. ley line. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it feels like there's so much, like, going through it. And I always feel mm-hmm. good. Like, yeah, I, I don't ever leave there feeling like, mm-hmm. oh, that was terrible. I got bit up. Or, like, yeah. I, it's like I became one with what was there. Right. Just for a little bit, you know? Exactly the same. Um, yeah, when I've step, stepped foot into that riverbed, um, you know, especially with, with the help of some, some plant teachers, um, I could just see this energy pulsing through it. Like, it was like... It was like a tunnel, you know, almost like a tunnel that a train would go through. Yeah. I could almost see the like the trees bending in an arc like fashion and then, you know, like down to the ground, which had this very like, you know, straight and narrow path. And it was like it created a tunnel of energy and like some type of, you know, like you've heard of things like ley lines before, like, mm-hmm. you know, sacred uh, energy portals almost that exist in the world. I, I very much got a sense of that. And so many of my journeys have been at Opie Schnapel. And um, I've really found, uh, you know, a very, uh, a, a lot of appreciation for for nature and what it has to offer. I almost see it as a, as a cathedral when it's like transformed into this this place it's hard to describe that place that you find um it's, yeah it's, in those uh, altered states but it, it's, it's basically like a church you know yes. instead of just a physical building you know mm-hmm. and you can find what you consider church anywhere mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's basically a place that you feel you know connected and feel um safe or just feel like you are meant there mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. some ev- you know everybody needs a place like that and mm-hmm. I always find that in nature. I find that in hiking. I've been camping when it's right at spring, spring equinox, and that's um, probably one of the most profound times to be out in nature is mm-hmm. when everything starts to transition from winter into spring because everything's growing, all the all the birds are chirping, the butterflies are are uh, flying around. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just it, there's something about it. It's like it's waking up, yeah. and it's like. It's like it's gear. It's like its engine is gearing up to do something, you know, very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at OP, uh, there's times uh, like spring is my favorite time there because it's when it's rain. Sometimes it's raining and it changes the landscape. Mm-hmm. It, every time I've been there, it changes. Mm-hmm. Just something very, uh, very small. So I photographed all the women of the uh, animal spirit series that I'm doing in that park, and I was doing. Uh, one, uh, back-to-back days of photographing there and each day was different like one day it seemed like we were in Washington in Seattle like walking through there in nature park and yeah. um, the next day it was really warm and hot and it didn't have any trace of it had rain the day before mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then one day it was just all foggy and you could you could barely see the trails ahead mm-hmm. and it was just like you were in this uh, this bubble this cocoon there right. so it it's always been um kind of a profound place you know yeah i often wonder who is it that like delegates this area a park you know it's like someone some guy was like okay i own this land i'll allow you to build houses all around it but you can't come up in here though 
You know what I mean? Like someone protects it in a certain sense. And it's been commercialized, of course, with roads and, and you know, uh, paved paths and all the stuff. But like someone felt that energy there yeah. and they were like, okay, I'm going to protect. I guess the guy would be Opie Schnapel or whatever, you know, yeah. like that'd be his name. Or maybe he came up with that name. I don't know. But it's very interesting to me how other people must have felt that energy there and must have said, hey, no matter what, I'm protecting this part of the world, this part of the map, because everything yeah. else is just getting bulldozed and turned into Starbucks's. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you uh, look at the map that is there at OP, it has like it's basically a circle, like it's going all around the city. So you can actually take this trail all around the city. It will take you probably a couple of days to even finish that mm -hmm. whole trail. But it's it's basically like forming this circle so that we have three circles, the park circle, we've got the uh, 410 and then 1604. So it's like mm -hmm. a circle within a circle within a circle. So it's wow. like, um, so I don't know if that ends up creating something there. Yeah, um, some geometry structure yeah. like from the from <laughs> We're just like, above. yeah, because I was looking at their map and it's a, it's a wonky looking circle. It's not going to be perfect, sure, obviously. Sure. But uh, whoever was studying the geography of mm -hmm. all this, it was really paying attention. Yeah. Um, I think it's Conception Park where it has the arches. I don't know if you've been down there, but it's... I don't it's, think so, no. It's amazing. And they built mm. these arches as rain catching. Uh, they studied plants to mm. build these structures. So it collects water just like wow. uh, plants would. Amazing. So I'm like, we, we have some people who really think about the waterways and mm -hmm. the greenways here. So Yeah. I'm so thankful for them, you know, yeah. because it is needed and appreciated by a lot of people. You know, it's funny because you can be so many types of of a person and still appreciate a park you know like you know there'll be people out there running who've never had a psychedelic vision in their life or whatever but they're like i like to be in the park and then yeah. there's people out there biking and trying to do a backflip off their their motorcycle or whatever and they love the park and then it's like you know people like you and me were like i love the the sacred vibe of the park yeah. and that eternal kind of like trans transformative quality that exists there so we love the park, you know, yeah. it's like well, it nature kinda, is yeah. just so important. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, our connection with nature. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we can still like, like what I said, it's like you can build all these walls all around us, but we still, we still crave to be outside. Mm -hmm. We still like crave to be out in it, even just for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because we're called to it. It's not like we, we can separate that calling, you know. Right. Um, and a lot of cultures, they, they appreciate that. They appreciate that connection and they'll go to nature and, mm -hmm. you know, basically say thank you, right. offer back. And right, right. Um, just us being there, I feel like, is is very important because it protects mm -hmm. those spaces, too. The more people who are out there, the more those spaces get protected. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a, a catch-22, too, because the more mm -hmm. people that are out there, it's harder to really enjoy the space. Mm -hmm. um, but if they're not there, then the space gets, right. you know... It's so weird, though, Claimed. how I guess maybe mindset can shift what nature is to people because, you know, I feel like a certain percent of the population views parks and being maybe alone in a park as a very dangerous thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, I could be mugged or stabbed or shot or killed by a bear or like all these random like fear type thoughts. Yeah. And then another person will be like, I want to be alone in the park. It's my safe place. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I've always been much more of that. I don't particularly ever almost get fear in a park, you know, like, um, whereas I know some people do. So it's, it's very interesting. And just like the cultural dialogue has uh, a role in that. But I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you would be able to pick up, you know, almost um, intuitively if there was danger and be able to get out of danger's way before if you were kind of tapped into, you know, maybe what the energies are in the park feel like that day yeah. you know sometimes you you just get somewhere and you're like i don't feel like i should be here you know yeah. and you, you gotta get out of there you know but at op i've always felt safe and even when i bump into people i don't know yeah i feel very friendly with them i feel yeah. like you're you're a certain type of person if you're walking through the riverbed and you're you're not a threat you know what i mean yeah so yeah if you go early in the early early in the morning that's when most of the the elderly are out jogging mm -hmm. along the trail and they're always like hey how's it going i know they're so <laughs> nice in the park <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, nice. but if you come back to fear, I mean, in Colorado, like those those parks are vast, you know, mm -hmm. and there's wild animals in there. So if you come across a trail and uh, or come across a a paw print mm -hmm. in, on the ground, you and you've never experienced this before, you you know, you innately go into mm -hmm. fear mode. But it's everything you learn and process mm -hmm. from downloads of information, either from the internet or from uh, documentaries or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but if you spend most of your time out there, you know what to look for and what to look out for. Cause you're constantly like, Oh, I see this here. Right. What else can I see around me? Mm -hmm. Um, then you start to become more aware of your surroundings. And I think it's just ends up becoming easier and easier the more you go. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always feel like that first time is like that initial, like, Oh, yeah I'm scared <laughs> I'm scared sure um, I can remember vividly this experience I had um, going up Enchanted Rock and then coming down away from the way that I came up a different way yeah from the way that I came up and I kind of got lost and the sun was going down so it's like slowly getting darker and darker and darker and I'm still like I have no idea where I am yeah. I know down is the way to go but like one of the one of the humps of this big gigantic rock that you climb at Enchanted Rock, yeah. it it's kind of like a longer hump. It's not so directly down, and yeah. it's got paths that you have to like navigate instead of just being able to go straight down or whatever. Yeah. And then there are like actually like dangerous kind of like cliffs and things you have to jump and navigate. And um, yeah, that was a time I was actually scared in nature. Like, oh shit, am I gonna get caught out here? What if my phone dies and I don't have a light? Yeah. You know, because silly enough, I didn't even consider taking an actual flashlight. You know, everyone's just like, oh, I have my phone, it's a flashlight. But you look down and you're at 8%, you're like, oh snap, like I really yeah. gotta find a way down right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's always good to have like a little kit with you in your car if you're able to, just like basic stuff, like flashlight, maybe like a, like mm. a little bar of, a candy bar or something i don't know mm -hmm. um and some water just yeah. to like told you over because there's been times where i'm like oh, i'll just take this trail it says i could do it in like you know a couple of uh in an hour or two right and i'm really bad at stopping and taking photographs of everything mm -hmm. i come across <laughs> awesome. or like just in, like inspecting everything if i see an insect i'm there for a while <laughs> mm -hmm. um, oh the insects are so crazy yeah especially in you know altered states where you're able to observe them as such different beings than us yeah so different all these legs all this like kind of like it's like hey, they survive out here i couldn't even survive out here you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> you know yeah they evolved to 
to to do that. I yeah. mean, and we did too, but we've yeah. lost so much touch with that. Yeah, you know, like now we're just consumers. You know, like for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I've I've heard that a lot of people are making gardens and stuff right now during quarantine. Yeah, there's so a, that's cool yeah, to hear. Uh, there's a lot of people digging up gar- their backyards because now they're like. I have all this time, mm-hmm. and I think it's really good that they are because um, there's something about it that really takes you out of your head, mm-hmm. and um, you could be working in your garden for a few hours and not even realize that a few hours have passed. And it's much like the creative process. You once you start, uh, once you start, it's you you forget time. Mm-hmm. Like you, I call it time traveling because yeah. you're just one <laughs> minute. You're like, oh, I've got one more hour. I'll just knock it out in an hour. Right. And six hours later, you're like, I am really exhausted. The sun is rising. What is mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful thing that they are all like inspired to be working in their garden because then mm-hmm. they realize how much how precious food is. Yep. And um, it's really difficult to grow a garden. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think you could just throw a seed in the ground, water it, and it's good. Mm-hmm. But the soil has to be right. The water has to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the seeds are duds because they've been stored in... Uh, in a shelf or something for so long that it's not supposed to be you know it's it takes time and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of patience and so if you can learn to grow your own food and have patience for it you have a lot of respect Mm -hmm. um for nature because if that takes that long to do like think about the forest and you know and the trees and all that right i mean with everything that's been going on i mean the silver lining and all of it is our our nature is given time to breathe you know, because mm-hmm. we're we're not creating so much noise. Right. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but when I was that first like week of stay at home orders, I was walking around and it was like the birds were singing much louder. Like it felt like mm-hmm. everything was just more like I can hear the birds a lot clearer. Yeah. Like the like there's something different. Like I felt it mm-hmm. in the air, and it was mostly from like the trees and from um, the plants and mm-hmm. it was just like, Oh, there's something different. And they seem yeah. like they were brighter. Like, they, yep. yeah, I've had that experience. I, I leave my window open here. Um, some mornings as I'm waking up and, um, I've been kind of, kind of on an early morning, uh, schedule lately, really enjoying that, that really quiet time in the early AM. And yeah, I, I swear, same thing. I, I hear these birds just like so happy and I, I can't even remember the last time, you know, that, I could really hear nature so well. Um, yeah. I feel like definitely this this time has allowed nature to rejuvenate a bit, you know, in all the forms of nature, animals, plants, uh, fungus, all, you know, all the stuff I feel like I've been noticing more of, so. Yeah, there's a lot of like things mm-hmm. that have, have stopped, you mm-hmm. know, like the cutting down of the Amazon has stopped completely because they're, they're mm-hmm. shut down there too. That's great. And um, our ozone layer over the Arctic closed up and mm-hmm. it just took a couple of months and it's wow. it, it's given researchers um especially when it comes to ecology and the ecosystem mm-hmm. they're studying things quickly as quickly as they can before everybody starts moving around again mm-hmm. and they were able to pick up seismic readings from the other side of the planet when they used to not be able to oh, wow. uh, for seismologists and um, it's just you you can see how how much of an effect rehab on nature and how much it how we can have the ability to repair it just by taking one action mm-hmm. you know even though it wasn't meant that wasn't what we had intended to do um, right. but you could see the impact that we have mm-hmm. on it yep i feel like it's very easy to see amongst people in the psychedelic community that we are nature we're a part of it you know we're kind of in that animal kingdom as well and should 
preserve nature and it's and all of its glory you know and it's a little bit what we've been talking about is it's awesome how people preserve parks and respect nature and this type of thing but a lot of people really feel like we're something completely separate from nature i wonder where that comes from i guess just desensitization you know like, it's probably because we forget you mm-hmm. know because we're you know most people were working what nine to fives i mean unless you're an artist or a musician you were working nine to five jobs mm-hmm. and going from one building driving to another building and sitting inside all day and you just want to get home by the mm-hmm. end of the day because you're stressed with everything and you don't you don't go to nature and you don't get time mm-hmm. to be in nature and so that kind of starts to pull you away from that understanding mm-hmm. um and it it really is difficult for people to understand how food is even grown out the ground and how difficult that process really is right. until they start doing it themselves so mm-hmm. they can't develop that respect right. as much as they they should until they they really take a good look i almost can't believe how cheap food is because i know what you're saying it does take it almost seems like weeks to grow a certain type of plant like a like a potato right like it might take weeks maybe even more um and then you find them for like 50 cents you know it's kind of like what is the yeah they're I, growing so much of it and that's why i see yeah and that's why they're able to make those margins because mm-hmm. they're making like uh it's just fields and fields and fields and fields of right. the same produce mm-hmm. um now if you're going to an organic farm they don't do that as much and that's why their prices are a little bit higher yeah because they, they have a little bit of potatoes here, right. some tomatoes over here. So they're growing mm-hmm. um, uh, a polyculture. Like they have multiple instead of a monoculture right. versus just growing one one type. Sure. I feel like, yeah, e- even still, like those organic prices are still so good compared to like if you, you know, have a garden in your backyard and you grew like the 19 potatoes that you were able to grow and it took you four weeks I feel like you'd value those potatoes like $20 each, you know, because it takes so long to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. That's just cool. It's interesting, though, because I've always felt um, like food is one of the the most guilt-free things to spend your money on because food nourishes you. It's like if your body is a temple, nutrition is like, you know, like the real gold that you need to put in your temple. It's not just these, you know, like don't cheap out on on food and then spend your money on stuff that has nothing to do with your temple you know what i mean yeah i've always been able to to easily like spend money on food and not feel guilty you know i know a lot of people budget around food and they're like no i'm gonna eat mcdonald's because it's cheaper and i'm like what that's not good it's not good gold for your temple, bro. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, that comes down to just really respecting yourself, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and sometimes people are just really tired, you know. So I can kind of see both aspects of that. Like if you just don't care, then you don't care. And mm-hmm. um, other people are just too tired to care. Yeah. Um, and then there's us in between that are like have the choice to make that decision for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I just, I don't know, I would rather uh, spend time eating healthier than I would really just filling myself with junk. To, yeah. And um, you feel better. Yeah. And and you're, you're doing something that actually is going to cause you less pain in the long run. Because it's like, I feel like people might, might think, you know, hey, I can't do, 
I can't spend more money on my food here because it's going to put me in this type of mental pain of being like lower money, but then your body's in pain. You know what I mean? Like if you're not healthy, you have body pain and it's so much, I'd say, you know, wealth is health. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you have a great feeling body, I'd say you're like more wealthy than dude with a million bucks who can't stand out. I definitely feel like, um, the mind is the, the main, the main focus first before Mm -hmm. you start thinking about what, how to nourish your body. Cause it's, it's probably the most, uh, it convinces you the most of either doing good or bad. Cause Mm. you, you get, once you catch onto a thought, just takes you on a ride and you can't, once you're down that road, it's really hard to shake it off. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it comes to um, certain ideologies, once you have an ideology built within your mind, you it's really hard for you to shift focus into something different unless something makes you change. Right. Like, and it, either it be a mentor mm-hmm. or, you know, some global <laughs> some mm. global thing that like makes us right. really look at ourselves, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what that's what uh, sacred medicine does too is just makes you look at yourself Mm -hmm. um i mean there's other factors too but it really that's the first thing it shows you like the good and the bad of yourself and Mm -hmm. um i think that's how we start to appreciate what we have already you Mm -hmm. know as opposed to like buying all the fancy things you know because we have something that's really uh, that's uh, an intelligent design you know as much as Mm -hmm rethink that it's not i mean we still barely know much about our immune system we still barely know much about our brain and how it works even when dreaming mm-hmm. and so that that right there already shows you that we we already have something a complex vessel you know yeah uh, so if you Absolutely. take care of it you know i feel that like it takes care of you and the mind is the first thing mm-hmm. i do recommend taking care of because that that controls whether or not you have the motivation to respect your body you know right. Uh, whether it be through exercise or through eating right or mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you know, not putting poison yeah. in as often yeah. as <laughs> exactly. you, know, you want to. Because, yeah. you know, like, of course, people have a stressful day at work, so they come home, chug four beers. Oh, I feel better, you know, but your body's yeah. like, no, I don't feel better. <laughs> yeah, it's It goes back to the mind. It's like instant gratification because mm-hmm. that endorphin kick, like, oh, I got my 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 binky or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like yep. I got my bottle, you know, yep. it's like, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, going back a little bit to the topic of nature, have you experienced like synchronicities in nature? It's very mystical, you know, and I feel connected with that animal kingdom a bit, um, through like the plant medicine experiences I've had. Um, I notice a lot of like kind of animal energy in your artwork. You know, how did that kind of start to become a thing? Um, animals have been pretty much something that I've been connected to. I have a lot of respect for even the tiniest creature. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this movie about Buddhism that I watched like years and years ago, and something about it just resonated. Um, and then we moved around a lot when I was a kid, and we lived in Oklahoma, and they have a lot of Native American tribes there. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, these big powwows, and they talk about our connection with nature. And mm. um, some of my f- real close friends lived on tribal land, too. Oh, cool. And so I learned a lot through them about this animism, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this, you know, we are, we are animals, you know, we mm-hmm. can shapeshift and, you know, become these things. Um but I've always been connected, of course, with the jaguar and then, of course, with snakes. 
-hmm. don't know why in spiders. And I never understood it until I really started digging into more of the the significance of each of those animals, both the positive and negative, because it's definitely a balance. Light and dark is a balance in everything, even in nature. Um, And so the more I started digging into that, the more I started to really understand um, like with the, the bear, um, so the, the big dipper and the little dipper are called, uh, artos or okay. artio, mm-hmm. which is bear. So the little dipper and big dipper are big bear, little bear. Oh, wow. And so they, the power of the bear is very significant. It's very protective. Um, Dakota, uh, verisimilitude, yep. um, and Zachariah. <laughs> Their mom actually was one of the, the ladies that modeled for my series. Mm, cool. Um, and hers was the bear. Um, so when Re went through OP, we went through the other side. I'd never been to the other side before. Mm-hmm. Um, this can go back to synchronicity too, which is really crazy. Because she's yeah. very in tune with nature. And we had a great talk, oh, conversation. Awesome. Um, Ryder, I believe, is the, the younger brother. Yes. And uh, he was looking for snakes everywhere he could. <laughs> so he was like lifting rocks and going through snakes. And we found this thicket that looked like a den, like a bear den. Mm-hmm. And I took a photo of her there and we talked wow. for a little while. And as we were walking back, there was seven male deer mm-hmm. that came running through. And I've never seen that before. Oh, wow. And um, one of them got stuck in this tree. And instead of all of them leaving it behind, they all stood and were like watching guard and watching us. And we just stood and watched them in return. And it was just, um, it, they waited. And then once he got free, they all like ran off. Wow. I've never seen... I've never seen that many deer, especially male deer, mm-hmm. in that kind of herd before in yeah. a city. Like, you know, and they right. were they were they were big. Mm-hmm. Like I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, usually those, they're kind of small here and I'm like, oh that one's Yeah, <laughs> those male deer yeah. are intimidating. Yeah. You, you know, like if they wanted you, they could hurt you. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So you have to be very respectful. I mean, right. uh, peyote is very much connected with uh the deer mm-hmm. and it's, Oh yeah, the blue yeah. deer. Yeah. That's they're right. supposed That's to be the mythology. Yeah, the deer is very connected to peyote. Uh, yeah, I remember there's like a like a, you know, don't quote me on this, but it's like a like a blue deer that runs along the desert, and every step it takes, peyote grows there. Yeah, that I think was one of the origin stories of, of you know, the mystical origin stories of of peyote. So. Yeah, there's, uh, it's a very profound being for them. I mean, birds. Like uh, the owl are profound in um, in Ireland, mm-hmm. in India, in Asia. So it's it's not just one being worshipped in certain areas. They're they're respected all over. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you look into more indigenous or tribal cultures, they have this understanding of our animal connection, mm-hmm. and that we are very much they they are us and we are yeah. them. And uh, so yeah, uh, I've. I've always had a connection to, to animals, um, but it wasn't until more, when I started researching more on this series that I really truly understood what that was mm-hmm. and what it meant to embrace any of that. Right. Um, when I started learning about the snakes, I was able to see how um, snakes are one of the most profound um, uh, because they are what they consider the the gatekeepers to the underworld or the gatekeepers to the spirit realm. Oh, cool. And so there's both the good and the evil mm-hmm. um, or the the light and the dark. Yeah. And so you you would assume that the one that's of darkness is like the scary one, the one that would, you know, take every bit of you. 
Um, but it's really, that's just the challenge. It's the one of the light that you need to pay more attention to, which is, it's, it's really mm -hmm. crazy. Um, just even just serpent mythology or yeah. spirituality is. is very, is very deep. Yeah. When you look into ancient Indian culture and, you know, the whole Kundalini, um, mythology, yeah, yeah. yeah like, uh, snakes are, are very symbolic of enlightenment and, you know, progressive thinking and spirituality. And then growing up in a Christian culture, which I personally did, you learn the snakes are representative of the devil and all these like terrible, scary things. And it's, to me, I don't know, once I started like waking up, so to speak, and, and started to see symbols for uh, not just one thing, but, but several things, depending on the culture that you were raised in, I would start to see like, oh, they, they, they demonize the snake symbol to hide the knowledge of enlightenment. You know what I mean? To hide this like fact that you might be able to wake up and wake yourself up out of the yeah. matrix, so to speak, yeah. and, and think for yourself. And, you know, but if you think about it, like the snake is, is attached to the tree of knowledge, you mm -hmm. know? And so if you, if the snake is part of that, um, then it's protecting it. It's supposedly protecting it or keeping an eye on it or just like luring you in here, come and think you know, uh, but there's, there's also that, that, you know, there's that balance in that too, because it's not always going to be what you want to see. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, snakes are also apparently really representative of uh, femininity. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that kind of played into the old way of thinking of, you know, um, I guess taking thought away from, from women, you know, in that respect, but it's just, uh, it's also taking away that balance. Mm -hmm. So that tree of knowledge, I think it's like, it's misinterpreted, I yeah. feel. I think so. And, and I wonder, you know, on my conspiracy theory uh, angle, you know, <laughs> are they doing that to hide the fact that you might be able to wake up your consciousness? Because I feel like um, the reason that snakes are symbolic of Kundalini is when you are in the midst of a Kundalini arousal or awakening, your spine wants to move, you know, and it almost wants to move in the way that snakes move, you know, yeah. it kind of wants to, ooh, back and forth, you know, up and down, just like this little movement. It's like running through your body. They, they call that the Kundalini energy, um, but it is very kind of like serpentine, 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 you know, just kind of like uh, flowy, the way that almost snakes flow. It's hard to comprehend the way that snakes move. Um, Unless you're maybe, you know, a biologist or someone who studies animals pretty deeply, but... They're really, they're really, really cool. Snakes mm -hmm. are amazing. They can actually sense you walking from miles and miles away just by the vibrations in the oh, ground. I've heard that. Um, if you stomp really loud, it'll actually scare them away. So they don't care about attacking you. They really don't mm -hmm. want to be anywhere near you. Right. Um, but they will protect themselves if you do come close. So if you stomp really loud, they'll, um, they'll feel that you're bigger. So they don't mm -hmm. want to take anything bigger down. Oh, wow. um, and they have the ability to hide themselves, to change their shape. There's one, um, I think it's called the Eastern Mongoose Snake. Mm -hmm. And it like flattens itself down um, to make it seem like it's a diamondback. And it has like this little <laughs> tail that looks like a rattler, but it's not. And it'll, oh, wow. it'll move it around. So it's just to, to ward you off, but it's completely harmless. Mm -hmm. And uh, But yeah, snakes are really intense, um, intense beings. I had one really profound snake experience where it was just, 
it went into me, went all the way down to my stomach. It felt like it was in my gut and just like squeezing. Like mm -hmm. it was just pushing everything out. And it was just like, at first it was kind of hard to breathe because I was just like, oh, this is really intense. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of, a little bit it was freaking me out because I was like, uh, right, <laughs> what's going on? Right. Um, and then it just like started slithering up and part of it felt like it was coming out of my mouth, but it was just working its way up yeah. and then up the top of my head. I have heard that before. Um, I mentioned this on, on my my uh, conversation with Payson recently about how um, when I when I first had my, my first kind of a awakening and I was just so intrigued by what I had experienced that all I would do is listen to other people's experiences. Yeah. And uh, one of the experiences was a Kundalini experience. I recognize it as a plant medicine experience, but apparently someone had this experience without any psychedelics involved where yeah. um, through meditation and breath work and fasting and through all these different you know, methods of raising one's consciousness. Which is that, very possible. Yeah, yeah they yeah. had a, a yeah. snake, a, a vision of a snake, you know, coil around the spine, up to the top and out the mouth, and even look directly at them from, you know, from being outside of them, and it appeared to them. And they were just like, okay, like, you know, yeah. this is a Satori moment, you know, uh, this is a glimpse of enlightenment, you know, so... Yeah, the crazy feeling is like the top of the head when it just shoots out. It's mm -hmm. just like this really intense feeling there. And it's just like, like if I could visualize it, it was just like light shooting out the top of my head. But right. it's, yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was pretty intense. I mean, my first experience wasn't as like visually pleasing. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of stuff that I was working through. And mm -hmm. so for me, it, it healed me enough to really understand um, really my purpose you know because mm -hmm. you get you um i had a friend that passed away and i didn't work through my grief and i held that grief with me for so long and grief comes in different forms whether it be you know you know crying on the floor or being just angry at the mm -hmm. world and mm -hmm. for me i was just really angry mm -hmm. and i wasn't um i was seeing people who didn't value life mm -hmm. where she had lost hers and so um a friend of mine who's a uh, ex-military now he has a he had severe PTSD, and he had um, a sacred uh, mushroom experience, uh, psilocybin experience. And he told me he's like, "You you need to do this." He's like, "I wasn't seeing what I was doing to myself," and he's like, "You should do this too." Mm -hmm. um, and we were exchanging stories a lot because he mm -hmm. was going through a lot, and he wasn't sharing it with a lot of people. So I felt very very honored to even to even uh, hear any of the stories because I can't fathom anything that he's, he's seen because I've, mm -hmm. you know, that's not an experience I can really no. share. And so, um, but I was like, okay, I'll, you know, see what I can do. Um, and then I ended up, uh, it ended up coming to me. I didn't even go to it. I was just like, uh, uh, I didn't know anybody at the time that had had that available. Right. And somebody came to me and was like, oh yeah, here. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It was like gifted to me. And I was like, okay. Yeah. They're like, gave me all like this pep talk, like you could do this, blah, 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 blah. And um, I did it by myself, which I guess is apparently a very intense experience for most people. And it was intense for me too. Um, but I came out the other side, like uh, just kind of in a daze. Mm -hmm. 
because it was just like processing all that information. And it took me two weeks to really like process everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like it opened up a, a door that I had closed for so long. And in that door was all these other doors that were like, these were all open to you. These were all these avenues that you could have been looking. Right. And I was just, I had that door locked up really tight. And that, that experience just kicked that door wide open. And mm-hmm. it's just a flood since then yeah and so now i process everything using that experience anytime i come into conversation with people that i may not agree with i use that experience because i'm like i don't know what they've been through and they've they could have all these walls up too um or they you know had some experience that made them that way and i can't i can't tell them that they're wrong because i don't know what their life was like um Mm -hmm. but that that really put into perspective everything that I had been holding on to right. um, and all the, the anger, the grief, especially um, I had this, this entity sit with me. Mm-hmm. Like I was in this open field and just sitting in the middle of it. I was in my house, but I was in this <laughs> open field and, and uh, she came and sat with me wow. and I was just like sobbing and I couldn't stop. And yeah. she just like kind of embraced me and told me it was okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she had like these mushrooms growing out from her her shoulders. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, okay. And then for some reason, I was like, yeah, it is okay. It is okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of that, it, it, you go through this this daze. Um, you know, a lot of people call it the ego death. I feel it's less like your process time. Like yeah. you you just had something take a lot from you, mm-hmm. and now it's time to just process. Right. And so it took me two weeks to really process everything, even that vision. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't see her, this figure. I call it her. <laughs> it a could lot of be, people get a her. Yeah. You know? It could be androgynous. And we're just like, oh, it's a her. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. um, but very Gaia-like experience. Right. And um, it wasn't until years later that you know I started learning about Maria Sabina. And I saw her face. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that's... Wow. That's the lady <laughs> in, my, in my dreams. So uh, it was, I felt really honored, you know, like uh, this very intense um, experience just yes. being gifted that. And mm-hmm. I had no idea who she was. I, I just knew that she was she was the one that was like, it's OK. Yeah, that's the magic. That's yeah. why they call it magic mushrooms, because yeah. you literally can't explain the things that can happen. Yeah. You cannot rationalize it. People won't believe you, but you know it happened to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people see like the negative, like, oh, you're just going to see visuals. But it's so much more the feeling yeah. um, that you get from it is not as much as the, the visual experience. I mean, the visual experience can be there. Mm-hmm. And that you can't take away from that. That's that's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about that feeling that you cannot explain no matter uh doesn't matter how many words there are in the english language or any language it's really difficult to explain that feeling i know and that presence at a point i kind of gave up trying to explain it because it's just it's too hard you know like i find space for it in certain communities you know like i've been very grateful to to find people who understand these experiences you know and and again to have this podcast to to share these experiences because i know there's a lot of people out there that do understand but um yeah it it is a as a feeling it's something you really can't translate to another human without them also having their own experience and then saying oh i know what you're talking about now you know and most of the time when we relate it's not really about the visual 
aspect of how we relate. It's that feeling of um, connectedness, that feeling of mm-hmm. like we we are part of something much more profound than we can fully comprehend. Right. I mean, we can we can come up with any name, whether it's God or Krishna or whatever, and it still doesn't fully encompass that experience at all. Right. Um, I always feel like it's it's nature, just like like here this Mm -hmm. is my aid for you this is me being able to help you um and it's just i don't know it's it really i can't really give nature that name as well like i can't really be like oh that's nature as well but it's very it's the closest thing i can think of right it's funny that the the very thing that would show you you know that you're a part of nature is a part of nature and you taking that into your body and and you know melding yourself with that nature it shows you what you are, you know, and I'm speaking on the mushroom or I'm speaking on the cactus or I'm speaking on the vine. These are the things that show you what you are. And you're like, oh, I'm not too different from this tree, actually. The tree yeah. just kind of stays in one spot, but it's alive. You know, it, yeah. it, it has duties to fulfill. It has a job here. It, it rests as well, you know, and we're almost like walking fungus, walking trees, walking plants, you know, and um, I say fungus because apparently we're more closely related to fungus than we are trees because they breathe oxygen and expel uh, CO2, similarly, similarly yeah. to us, as well as they reproduce in a way a little more similar to humans. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've totally found that that you can access a deeper part of yourself, one that no one can tell you about. No one can tell you that, and, and you actually get the message. Yeah. you know, without having done it. And and it's funny because, uh, again, I talked to Payson about this. We we discussed how those people that get this end up kind of creating these religions or mythologies or uh, ways of understanding what we are. And then other people just like, quote unquote, believe in that because of their of their faith or the way they were raised or whatever but the people that have those experiences are the ones that are the seers you know that the people who see the people who have seen those transcendental realms and know that hey that's just as real as reality you know what i mean like as the normal daily life that we're used to like these realms are just as seemingly real and i mean i know science tries to discount that but what's real to you is real and especially in the way of uh, you know all of the the past ancient cultures and thinkers of the past they didn't have this kind of like scientific rubric to like check mark oh you know can other people verify this they were just like i'm so sure of this i'm just gonna write a book you know what i mean <laughs> i'm gonna be socrates i'm gonna be plato i'm gonna be like someone who really like lays the groundwork of every philosophy to come and then there are those, you know, religious teachers, Jesus, people who teach forgiveness and um, unity, and and we are all the son of God. And people never understand we're all the son of God. What you know, like there's receive a, that message. There's a. I guess I'll backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, as far as like science and spirituality go, I think they both go hand in hand. It's just really our trying to understand mm-hmm. this thing that's a little bit really deep. Yeah. There was this. Um, there was two documentaries I watched, and they were back to back. One was a more spiritual approach to the cosmos, mm-hmm. and one was a scientific approach to the cosmos, like the Big Bang and everything like that. But the way that they were both explaining it, they're two separate documentaries, two separate people creating them. 
uh, groups of people, I should say, and they both still aligned with the information. Like there, it was just one was explaining it one way, while the other was explaining it from a different perspective, and they right. both still were able to mingle with one another. Yeah. Um, I had this conversation actually with these. Um, they're from Kenya. There's a church around the corner from me that has international pastors, pastor, pastors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were talking to me for a while because I, I told them I was like, when I when I pass, I want to be a tree. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's what I want to be. I want to be a tree. I've always been really profoundly connected with them. I have, I have no, um, I, I don't know why, but I always feel like I feel mm -hmm. better yeah. when I'm near one. No same. Yeah. Um, and so. I'm like, oh, I just want to be a tree because I'm like, if if God, if that's what you want to use, that's fine. If God is what created everything, why wouldn't we want to become a tree? Because God created that tree too, or mm -hmm. God created that grass. So why wouldn't we want to be that grass? Right. Um, and then as far as like the our past understanding of the world, we were using deities as kind of a form of science in a way, because we couldn't really the, those people in that time couldn't really explain phenomenon like weather phenomenon so they use deities mm -hmm. as a way to be like well this deity is really angry so now we've got this rain that's flooded us for weeks and, right um that was just their way of explaining so they do go hand in hand i mean you look at the fibonacci sequence and the mm -hmm. sacred geometry that's all can be correlated to science and math mathematics which right. is more analytical thinking but it also has a spiritual content because nature falls on these sequences on its own. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely goes together. Right. Um, and then for religion, I think it's uh, I think it's the doctrine that really per personally, I think it's the doctrine that really people are trying to interpret this doctrine that's been written thousands and thousands of years ago by multiple people yeah. uh, and edited too. Yeah. I mean, uh, they didn't have printing presses and stuff like that back then. So it was basically 12 people in a room writing <laughs> right. these things down. And someone hand, smudged a word hand, and yeah. they totally just misinterpreted the word. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I don't want to get in trouble. That guy's right. staring at me. I'm going to fill I it in. I think he meant. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to go with cheese on this one. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's just if, if it makes you, um, whatever it is, makes you feel good, makes you feel connected, makes you feel that you could do good for your community or whatever it may be, and doesn't cause anyone else harm. I don't see a harm in it. Mm -hmm. um, I know that religion, like debates on religion or atheism, kind of just convolute all of that. Yeah. Um, because there's extremes in that. Mm -hmm. um, I know uh, atheists who are constantly helping the community, and they don't ask for any thank yous. They don't even get recognized. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're doing that because you know I'm friends with them. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, but they also are very respectful to people who are religious mm -hmm. and um, they don't tell them not to believe that way. It's just, they chose that for themselves. Right. And I know people who are, who are very religious and don't like see an atheist person. It's like, Oh nope, You know, no, whatever. same. They're just like, God yeah. forgives me. I ain't doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I am blessed to walk away. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there's kind of a, you cut off, so many people when you do that especially since your teachings are already mm -hmm. saying about forgiveness and loving your neighbor mm -hmm. but you also are putting stipulations onto loving your neighbor which just kind of dilutes all of that teaching 100 um because I, I remember growing up being uh, uh when i first moved to the states i barely knew english so i was taking english learning classes and i was jumping around to different churches because my dad's uh, military mm -hmm. ex-military now and um all these different churches taught different ways 
Mm-hmm. Every single one of them taught differently because it was their way of interpreting the book and sure, yeah. um, whatever they felt that day, like, this is how I'm feeling today. I'm going to use this text and it's just going to be, this is going to be my sermon. It's like a TED Talk almost, right. <laughs> just like pulling information out of a book. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that at every one they taught differently. And some of them were a little bit more extreme in their approach. Like, we, mm-hmm. they have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this, you have to do that. And others were like very basic. We yeah. have to just love one another, treat each other with yeah. respect. And I gravitated more to, towards those because yeah. it's not telling you what to do. Right. And I, I feel like when you have this book in your hand, it's like a manual, like mm-hmm. this is how you believe. And I'm like, you don't really need anything to connect spiritually with anything. You, you don't need a book, mm-hmm. you know, you just find things that really help you focus on that if that's your goal. Right. Um, and if that's something that helps you center yourself, yeah. it shouldn't have this, this rule book, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I, I recognize that as well from my past about the several different churches that I visited as a you know a teenager and, and a kid even. Um, they all seem to have a completely different vibe, and I guess you know thinking now in hindsight, I would think that it's kind of um, interpreted by that person who founded that church. You know, like a guy was like, okay, like I'm just gonna try founding a church. I'm gonna use the word of God but it's my twist, you know, it's my brand of the Word of God. And I found, you know, some that are pretty pleasant to go to, pretty pretty cool services, pretty chill, not too overly authoritarian, so to speak. And then I felt, you know, the same, if you do this one thing, you will go to hell and burn for infinity. And it's like, I kind of like that, you know? <laughs> so, And the, it's usually the one that's saying that is the one doing some things in, yeah. the, in the background. Because no, no one, for real. Uh, like anybody that goes there is not free of what they call sin. Right. I mean, that, our, that it's human nature that you will mm. do something, mm-hmm. but it, it depends on whether or not you, you know you did something bad yeah. and correct that. So I mean, we're not all we're not all nar- we're not all narcissists or psychopaths. Right. So you know we're we're going to see that oh man, that, I probably shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And some people need that structure of church because I've I've met people when I used to work in in retail, work in corner stores. Mm-hmm. Like I would run into people. They're like, oh, I go to church because I used to like get in real big fights with my family where we were getting cops called on us or beating each other up, or pulled right. guns on each other. And I'm like, that's really extreme. Mm-hmm. I think you do need that church. <laughs> <laughs> like go, go right. quickly as you can. Right. Like you need that foundation mm-hmm. where other people don't don't need that that right. kind of um, that structure. Um, and that, that goes for uh, the more what I call the woke community, too, because, I mean, there's people who take advantage of that as well. Like, mm-hmm. look at Gwyneth Paltrow and, and mm-hmm. that Goop brand. What did you think of it? Because I watched it. Yeah. Uh, there was some, like, there was maybe a couple things that I was like, oh, okay. There's some validity there. <laughs> but when it came to, like, the $500 products or the $1,000 products, I'm like, that's all about just mm-hmm. the right marketing and getting people to think that that's, you know, holistic healing. And it really, um, there may be some validity to it, but we will never know. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But just anybody making millions and millions of dollars off of something that we can't really, um, I don't know. I always always kind of am adverse to that kind of way of making money. Yeah, no, of course. You know, I mean, I guess... uh, I did. I didn't hate the Goop thing. I watched it. There was one with Wim Hof, who I yeah. love. Wim Hof, yeah. super big Wim Hof fan. So, 
just him being involved I, automatically i was already like cool and watch the um, rest <laughs> yeah but but the mushroom one um i'm at least grateful that someone can bring this information to the masses at least she's bringing some validation that this might work for not only some people but maybe it works for you and a lot of people need medicine a lot of people need something that can affirm them and make them feel whole in their being and make them feel like they have a purpose and that it's it's not all just meaningless because a lot of people i think depression and suicide and all the stuff ptsd all these different things people just kind of feel like why am i here yeah. you know i don't know why i'm here i feel so grateful from uh for psychedelics for showing me why i'm here you know what i mean when everything else falls away and and what's left is the things that you love you know that the things that you love are your soul's compass you know yeah. i love music i love podcasts i love uh, community. These things stood out to me as the last things remaining that I could recognize, you know, once everything fell away from my ego and all the things I thought I'd be, um, just kind of like, do I love that? Do I love that idea? You know, like I used to think, you know, I'd be some computer tech, you know, it's like, but then once everything fell away, is that what was left in my heart? Yeah. It wasn't. You know, like music was left in my heart and music was this thing on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, well, you know, I'm going to be a computer tech because I got to provide. I got to do the thing I'm good at. I'm not really good at music, even though I I like it. But then once that, you know, the table turned, I was like, I have to get good at music because I literally it's my path. Like it's my my soul's compass is turning me towards music and yeah. You know, everyone starts not good at a thing, but once you like start to uh, align yourself and, and the things that you do daily to, uh, you know, what your soul is, is pointing you towards, that soul's compass, I feel like it slowly gives you more and more breadcrumbs to follow towards evolution. You know what I mean? Yeah. And eventually you find yourself in a place where it's like, I'm really glad I did this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it took five years. Maybe longer than that, but like, wow, I feel so much better than like that path I could have taken, that safe path, you yeah. know, like, um, but that wasn't the path for me, even though I thought it was. Sometimes those hobbies and those passions and those things that you love are what you should truly be chasing, not the like the safe thing, you know, yeah. and that it's an unsure path. It's yeah. like, you're a little bit like, how am I going to make money? You know what I mean? But the thing is, is you know, your soul's wealth is so much more important than this paper dollar that some dude invented and said, I'm going to use this to make trade easier, yeah. you know, and so many people put their whole life into that. And I'm not saying money's bad. I'm not saying money is like the best thing either. It's it's a middle ground. I think money's neutral. You can, you can use it for good. You can use it for bad. Um, but what is important and what you're going to look back on when you're in your deathbed is, did I have a good life? Did I follow my dreams? Did I follow my passions? Did I do the things I wanted to do? Or did I just play it safe? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's that's this, me. Uh, there's always that question when you're growing up. It's like, what is the meaning of life? And even some people that are much older than, than the both of us combined <laughs> mm -hmm. are still like, what is the meaning of life? And I've always thought the 
um, it wasn't until a little bit later uh, that I was like, life is life. The meaning of life is life. Um, whatever way you decide to live, live your life, that's, that's the meaning, you know, the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and with art, like even for art, I was torn between doing art and doing something else. And of course, of course, so like working a nine to five or working, uh, I wasn't really working nine to five, so I was working really late <laughs> sure, sure. night jobs and stuff. Um, but that takes a lot from you, you know, doing those things. And when I started really taking my art seriously and started thinking about um, doing that full time, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a big leap of faith. It really is. Right. Um, but the work that you put into it is more, much more significant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, uh, it's like if you have a small business and been working on it for years and years and years you realize the value of it to yourself because you put in the time, you put in the work. Um, Or any kind of um, hobby that you have that you're really um, fond of. You put Mm -hmm. in the time, you put in the work, and you put in all that love because you can have a passion for something and never do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but with with art, I've always seen it as a a sort of rebellion, you know, Mm -hmm. to the status quo kind of thing. You know, just whether it's music or, you know, visual arts, um, so even with right now, uh, I've been running into a lot of artists that are like, how are you still, how are you still creating? Sure, how are you still sure. making art? And I'm like, I, I'm working with this change and right. as opposed to working against it. Mm-hmm. I mean, change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, it can come now, it could come later. Um, it could come for all of us at the same time, or it's just, you know, each one of us gets mm-hmm. something different along the way. Yeah. Um, and it's about working with it. And so for me, with everything that's been going on, I've been just working with the change mm-hmm. and creating where I can. Um, it was hard that first week because I was like, what's the purpose of making the art if everything is going the way that it is? And uh, But I started focusing on where I can utilize my, my craft. Mm-hmm. And um, the, that second week I started painting masks. Uh, my friend was making them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she put a lot of love into each one of those. She was working really hard. Since day one, she's been making masks. Yeah. Um, so she's probably made over 400 masks by now. Nice. Uh, so she was like, hey, I'll make you some. You do what you want with them. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna paint them for the food bank, do a, a drive. An auction. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, we, we raised four hundred and twenty dollars. Wow! Which is, hey, yeah, four twenty. <laughs> yeah. So we, I did the donation on four twenty. Wow! <laughs> so four twenty, four twenty. Legendary. And uh, it it equals to about uh, twenty nine hundred meals. Oh, cool! And so I was able to like see a little bit more of the value of what I was doing because mm-hmm. you know after a while you start to see your um, this is this is a struggle with a lot of artists is. I just want to create. I don't want to make the money for the art, but if without the money, I can't get the art supplies and the mm-hmm. tools that I need to continue creating or mm-hmm. to even support myself. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's value to money, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't have to be all your value, you right, know? Right. And so I, um, just doing that was like a spark to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then bringing some beauty into something that was kind of scary for a lot of people, you know, like we were so focused on this, what is it? What is this information? And mm-hmm. then it just, we got this, um, this download of information, whether it was good information or bad information or somewhere mm-hmm. in between. And it's, it, it really, it really was a high anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah. 
um, for me, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty, you know, even kilter when it comes to change or to mm -hmm. anything. So I'm just like, all right, what can we do to work with that? And, mm -hmm. um, but I know a lot of people who aren't that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, and so anytime I've been asked, I'm like, I, I think about, you know, the Titanic I learned about in high school where they were talking about the band kept playing to yeah. calm the crowd down while uh, I was sinking. That's awesome. And I'm like, I'm the band. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, uh, just keep creating. And there's been a lot more appreciation for art um, in this time frame because yeah. you know we're we're very visual, visually stimulated as human beings. Oh, yeah. we, we just love the visual experience. And um, that first uh, first couple of weeks, I noticed it with all the people, new people following the art pages that I was a part of, or mm -hmm. uh, just my page in general. Or people sharing art that they had never like. Have you seen this piece? I was like, that piece has been <laughs> done like years ago. Where where have you been? But it's just nice to see that there's a shift. You know, people mm -hmm. are more, have this access, and now as artists, we can utilize that and take advantage of that time. Yeah, because you never know. Once everything changes, like, is it going to hold on to that, or are we um, just going to let that fall to the wayside? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, art, uh, like with our city and the arts funding being cut, like that's that's something that happens all the time. Like mm -hmm. in, as artists, we, we should be able to figure out ways around it because uh, ever since I was in high school, there's always arts cut funding. Yeah. This funding is cut for the arts. This is cut for the arts, even though it's the most therapeutic thing that you can do for yourself is to create Yeah. because um, it pulls you out of your head. It pulls you out of, mm -hmm. you know, um, Sometimes it will pull you out of depression and you won't realize it. And it's hard, too, because if you're depressed, you can't create because <laughs> right. you're just like in your head and it's hard to start. Right. Um, so I always tell, uh, especially beginning artists, like just do something abstract, just throw paint onto the canvas. And sometimes you'll see something in it, yep. uh, like a Rorschach test, kind of, yeah. you know. Same. Yeah. Same. And it's just uh, just throwing that down is just um, just letting go especially if you get wild with it, you yeah. know, you can just really release a lot of tension. Yeah. That's like the magic touch is, yeah. is realizing that art is just as much random chance mm -hmm. as it is that technical skill. Cause you know, you could create such a freaking masterpiece from something that began as random chance. It's like, well, I don't know how to start. I'm just gonna, like you said, you just throw some shit on the, on the canvas. And then all of a sudden you see something that sticks out to you. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this. You know what? Now I have an idea. Let yeah. me connect these things and start that thing. Oh, now I'm really getting it. And you just yeah. like kind of start going. And I can I can resonate with that from a music level, um, not necessarily an, uh, an art level because I'm not a painter or a drawer. It's the same creative, creative process. Yeah, you know, yeah. you just kind of like, oh, I heard this thing. Oh, cool. I just tried this sample out. Oh, I wrote this beat. Oh man, this like this cool synth patch that I found. Like, let me just lay that out. It's the same with uh, same you know? with painting. Like, ooh, mm -hmm. this new brush does this. Oh, this paint does that. Right. And, and like, it, it, oh, this line. If I did it this way, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's the same thing. It's just learning your tools and right. and then figuring it out from there. Like mm -hmm. when I first started really pushing myself to paint because I was doing illustrations. I've you know painting. I taught myself how to do mm -hmm. and. I wish I would have had a teacher just to kind of teach me the tools, but it was kind of fun to experiment too, because I'm very organic when I paint. I don't mm -hmm. have a set guideline. 
Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the illustrations were about set guidelines because you have to plan those out. Otherwise, you can't change it. With painting, you can come back like an eraser and like, oh, I don't like that part. Oh, that's awesome. Change it all out. It's just like if you're editing um, editing a song, you take out that chunk you don't like. Right. And that's with painting. Mm -hmm. um, so just being able to work organically um, mm -hmm. keeps me from getting stilted and right. um, with being able to create every single day. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I try to find different things that relate to what I'm doing. Um, so if I'm not just, if uh, I'm painting one day and I don't feel like painting the next day, I'll do like prints or, you know, set up my, my thank you cards for people who've ordered mm -hmm. artwork from me. That's um, awesome. And just, you know, work on that. Uh, this is actually, this whole uh, time frame has actually pushed me more into what I wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I kept telling myself to, to work on my online presence because mm -hmm. I, I was very comfortable in my in-person. Sure. Um, but I've really experienced and learned what's going on online-wise, how to promote myself online, yeah. um, how to work around the algorithms because mm -hmm. that's like the biggest thing. And uh, I know exactly about that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, also learning that it doesn't matter how many followers you have on your accounts. It's about the ones who are actively interested yeah. in your work because you can have 130,000 followers, but only 20 of them actually want to purchase from you right. or to support you financially. Mm -hmm. um, and as artists, that's kind of like the catch 22. We don't want to make money from our art. We just want to put it out there. But at the same time, mm -hmm. we can't buy the tools that we need to create right. um, without that. And, uh, but yeah, I've, I've gotten to, um, a comfortable spot where I'm at creatively mm -hmm. and uh, you know I've uh, it's hard to see my other fellow artists like struggling yeah. with just you know not just uh, not just creatively but financially as well with everything going on right and so it's hard for them to get into creative mode because they're worried about everything else right. um, even though being creative is is a part of who they are you mm -hmm. know and I have I've reminded myself that from day one of all these like stay at home orders. And I mean, I'm used to staying at home. Cause no, same. <laughs> I was like, um, I don't really go out anywhere. <laughs> so I was like, this is just, uh, this is just amplifying what I already do. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing I do miss is like stores being open late at night. Cause I don't like going around when crowds are out. Sure. So I just like going out at not late at night right. and now everything closes at like eight, like we're some retirement yeah. town. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so I'm just like, I really want to like be able to shop at like you know mm -hmm. midnight or one o'clock when it's just me and like two other guys <laughs> totally. um but yeah that's uh just kind of i don't know i think for everybody it's going to be a little different creatively mm -hmm. and to really interpret everything that's going on around us right um but I find that if I wasn't doing art, if I wasn't focused on that, I think I'd be a hot mess. <laughs> like <I'd, laughs> that and my plants. If I wasn't focused on both oh, of those, same. I'd it, be just like, yeah. Uh, if I didn't have uh, time wheel uh, to look after and, and sheath and our several clients as well. Yeah. I don't know what I would be doing right now. You know, I mean, um, maybe making more music, but at the same time, it's such an honor to cultivate these communities, you know, because yeah. I identify with them. I align with, the communities, you know, like Time Will and several of our clients represent, they're all kind of in the psychedelic culture. So um, totally understand. Um, I did want to bring up that you had finally finished the piece that you were working on for several Time Will Odysseys. Oh, yeah. The two and a, two yeah. and a half years, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 Did, was... did you end up naming it? Uh, 
Yeah, I did. I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, I think it was like Gaia Rising or something like that. That's cool. It, it, it was just like, it's one of those, like, I finished it, and mm -hmm. then I went straight into doing the auction stuff. So it was just like, you mm -hmm. know, I wanted to get it knocked That's out. two and a half years. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. And it traveled with me to different festivals, some festivals mm -hmm. in Austin and Dripping Springs. And um, I actually got to paint it to uh, uh, Suda Aya, who I've been listening to all last year. Oh, cool. And in November, he was at Astronauts Festival wow. in, in Dripping Springs. And mm -hmm. it was uh, by chance. He wasn't even supposed to be there. It was only supposed to be a one-night show, and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we added an extra day. This guy's going to headline. And I was wow. like, I'm going to be there that first day. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. Cool. I'm coming. And uh, he shot me a message later on. He's like, I loved watching you live paint, blah, blah, blah. Wow. He's like, I love that piece. And I was just like, yeah, yeah everything I love was, that piece, too. Everything was just aligning. Yeah, yeah. that that. That piece is very special. It has a lot of a lot of energy. It and does. It, I think people don't understand that about art is, and I love that about live painting is that it travels with you to all these energetic environments. You know, it's like, absorbing all that energy. Yeah. It is. It yeah. totally is. And that was kind know. of the hard thing about finishing it because it was my live painting piece. It mm -hmm. wasn't something I was working in the studio painting, right. and this was the only time that I painted it within the studio mm -hmm. setting. So it was just like. I put on some tunes of some local artists just to feel like you right. know I was you know uh, that I was there. That's why I asked for that you know hey drop your links for music. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, so I was listening to a lot of uh, to a lot of locals. Cool. Um, so that way I felt like I was still you know doing events. Even right. some people who are not from San Antonio, but mm -hmm. it was just enough to really to feel that energy to make sure I I keep that vibe within the work and mm -hmm. um, but yeah it was. Yeah, that one that piece is still pretty intense. It's kind of one of those like I don't want to let it go because <laughs> mm -hmm. it is like a trophy. Um, yeah, but I feel like if it's the right person who connects with it, then it's meant to be with them. Yeah. So it's a beautiful piece. Thank beautiful you. Piece. Thank you. Yeah. Where can uh, all of the listeners find it? As far as like looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Oh, on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Jaguared art. Yeah, can you yeah. spell it for us? J A G W I R E D, and then art. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Jaguar, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Amazing podcast, amazing conversation. I look forward to getting it out. Um, and uh, thank you for your art. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's awesome. And thank you for involving me and in, and in all the things that you do. So. Yeah. Re yeah. It was a. Uh, it's kind of crazy not to have our fourth art of consciousness, but re. You know, we we're talking about how it's going to be such a much more impactful show once yeah. we do come back. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. And that we would really plan on because um, those shows were all about the connection between everybody. Um, this last Art of Consciousness was the first time I actually got to sit down and I watched everybody and no one had their phones out. Mm -hmm. Everybody was in conversation with one another. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times when you go to shows, somebody is out with their phone and like, yeah. you know, separating themselves. But everybody was including each other oh, into right. these conversations, a very intimate uh, setting. Was that the one with Mitch? Yeah. 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 So yeah. good. Big shouts uh, yeah. to Mitch. He's awesome. Yeah. That, I was on a call yeah. with him today and yeah. he, he got me in a room with Stan, Stan Groff. Oh, awesome. So that was incredible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like hey. he's a psychedelic <laughs> legend, man. Yeah. You're just like, hey. Uh, yeah, I was gonna like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you fangirl it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so, but yeah, um, that's that's one of the things that I can't wait for is just to be able to 
get creative in a live setting with, you know, other fellow creatives that I'm pretty sure have been itching to share everything that they've been working on mm -hmm. behind closed doors. It's definitely, it's definitely different when you're, when you're in person as opposed to um, mm -hmm. these screens and monitors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the screens are great, you know, they keep us connected in a certain aspect, but I, there's no way you can ever replace in person. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm grateful for, the, for this experience. I know it's been challenging and I know a lot of people are facing dark times right now and, uh, you know, the loss of, of loved ones and, and many things are happening that are very challenging and uh, very character building, you know, but at the same time, uh, I, you know, like it is happening and there's nothing we can do about it except kind of learn from it. So I am grateful that um, when things do get back to quote unquote normal, we will have more appreciation for those those little those little moments, uh, you yeah. know, like yeah, things the... maybe we <laughs> forgot about how important they were and kind of got maybe even accustomed to or um, what's the term, you know, like uh, taken for granted, you know, just like yeah. being able to be out with people like so many times I just stayed in because I was like, oh, I don't feel like going out tonight. Yeah. And and now it's like, I would give anything to be out there, you know? Or, or the times when you're out and like, I wish I was home. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I, now I kind of wish I was able to go out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything everything that's happening now, you just have to, you know, find the silver lining, find mm -hmm. what it really what it really means to you. I mean, everybody's going to go through some sort of struggle, whether it be... Um, uh, financially or mentally. Um, mm -hmm. I know that mentally it, it's it's the hardest for a lot of people. Um, and so we have to be mindful to check ourselves then, to separate ourselves from even social media when we are finding ourselves in those times. Because right mm -hmm. now it's like a it's like a, a bomb got dropped off and it's just like scattering, <laughs> <laughs> scattering throughout. And um, it's interesting to see how many people don't realize how the algorithm works to mm -hmm. just keep fueling what they see. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily the algorithm's fault. It's it's programmed to learn us, basically. Mm -hmm. And right. So it's yeah. us programming us. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, it's it, it'll be, you know, I think it'll be fine. I mean, we have people all over the world working together and mm -hmm. um, we have people doing things for charity you know, in large groups and some like a lot of a lot of women and men that have been sewing masks since day one mm -hmm. um, when other places were failing in yeah. that. And we have to appreciate our neighbors in that way yeah. because they were doing that all from their own pocket. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lady locally. Um, I forgot her last name, but she goes by her name, Sarah. OK. And um, she started a grocery shopping hub mm -hmm. uh, was right at day one where she noticed that a lot of the grocery stores were getting depleted of toilet paper and stuff. She started this page and now it's like, I think it's like 500,000 people oh, on this wow. page. Cool. Um, and then she uh, was part of hep, uh, hippie helpers, which okay. they just get, they get food and groceries mm -hmm. to people who can't leave their homes, like mm -hmm. the elderly or people with a immune compromise, uh, uh, immunocompromised. Yeah. And, um, They've helped so many people, even though they're dealing with their own thing. She's, you know, she's laid off from work. So is her husband. Their mm -hmm. house is in foreclosure. And mm -hmm. um, but they are still taking the, their time to help somebody else, that's even awesome. even with everything, yeah. uh, you know, against them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that just shows like, you know, we may have this change. We may have like we may go through ups and downs with it, um, but it's our perspective on how we approach it. 
yeah. um, that really makes a difference and to not focus so much solely on the people who may be pushing this negative or whatever kind of agenda, whatever sure. it may be, and yeah. to actually give a lot more focus to the people who've been doing good, you mm -hmm. know, who've been then helping the community since day one yeah. and continue to do so. Um, mm -hmm. Because those people kind of get forgotten about when we start to open up again or when right. we uh, start to get down these rabbit holes of information mm -hmm. and we forget about them. We forget that there's still good people out there because now we're focused so much on the negative. Mm -hmm. The negative is like a car, uh, like a car crash. Cause when you pass it, you're just like, what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. want to know, <laughs> right? we get all curious. And then, you know, um, and it just, we don't focus on what's ahead. Uh, so, mm -hmm. um, super amazing point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's up to us, you know, that the, the people that are out in the community, the storytellers, the podcasters, the musicians, the artists to like keep those people in our hearts, you know what I mean? And yeah. forward the, the appreciation for, for what they're doing. Because so. um, I feel like this time is definitely a time to change the way that we had been doing things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were giving some attention to people doing good in the world, but not to a significant amount as what we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are paying attention to how we uh, take care of our, our earth and how nature and animals in general, right. where we before we're just taking advantage of it and taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's, po there's going to be positives and negatives in everything, right. you know, that's just part of existence, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's up to us to make the decision whether or not the positive outweighs, you know, the negative or right. if we could find that balance even mm -hmm. um because it is it can you know it can be scary you know yeah. and it could be and it can be a mental challenge you know mm -hmm. for a lot of people so, absolutely yeah. so for those people how do you recommend you know strengthening that mental fortitude you know like maybe uh strengthening the will uh to to find that positive transmutation through these times are, are there any practices that that kind of really have helped you to maintain you know a positive outlook um so for me personally um i just i faced it head on i was just like it's going to change mm -hmm. no matter what is going to change we can't go back you know mm -hmm. it's just like the past we can never go back and if you accept that you accept that there's going to be change then work with it and try to find avenues i mean we aren't completely separated and there's ways to make, mm -hmm. you know, if you need income, there's ways to make money online that you may not have thought about before. Right. Um, like yoga, you can do yoga instructions on Patreon and have mm -hmm. people donate to you or Twitch even. Uh, mm -hmm. Twitch has been used for all different stuff now yeah, <laughs> than just that. gaming. And, right. um, but it's a platform where you could still bring in some kind of money recognition. I mean, it does kind of get saturated. You just have to know how to market yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but it's... I think first is very important is to to focus on your mental health mm -hmm. um, to find something that helps you feel grounded whether it's meditating mm -hmm. being out in nature getting yourself outside because a lot of people were just staying inside and that's not good for your mental health yeah uh, nature really does an amazing thing about just cleansing that yeah. and um, so get out in nature just unplug Mm -hmm. unplug from everything that's digital like yeah. tv or mm -hmm. your phone or whatever 
Uh, I mean, you can still bring your phone with you. Just take pictures of all the nature that you're seeing <laughs> along the way. Totally. <laughs> you know, take a, an, a one-hour hike that turns out to be three hours because you're, <laughs> you're taking all the pictures. Right. Um, but I think, like, focusing on your mental health is definitely number one. Mm. And, um, you know, don't, don't expect for yourself to accomplish things because now there's all this time. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of setting yourself up. Like, I'm going to be able to do all this now because I have all this free time. And then you see that you guilt yourself because you didn't do anything. Sure. Uh, and I'm like, you can't you can't do that. You know, we, we're, we're the hardest on ourselves than anybody else in yeah. our community. So we have to uh, we have to learn how to not be so hard on ourselves first. Um, yeah. So definitely like you know, pep talk yourself, ecstatic dance in your house. Like I like to turn on music and Ooh, just I like, go, you know, just go crazy. Same. Um, just to kind of like shake it all off because, yeah. you know, there's going to be days where it's going to be harder and just you let yourself deal with it. Let mm-hmm. yourself, you know, shed those tears, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, because holding on to it's not good for you. Um, mm-hmm. I know that from experience many years ago, uh, holding on is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, and it just keeps you, keeps you stilted or even worse. Um, and so, yeah, definitely focus on your mental health, whatever it is that is your outlet, whether it be jogging or running or art or music yeah. or just yelling or howling at the moon like a lot of people have been doing, <laughs> um, you know, whatever it may be. And then, uh, of course, disconnect from the Internet because that that's like number one. Yeah. You know, um, I've noticed that a lot of people are like living through Facebook now mm-hmm. instead of living because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> so sure, they're just sure. living through Facebook and living yeah. through all these posts. And mm-hmm. not everybody shares the same ideology. So you get angry or um, they don't share the same concern. So mm-hmm. you get angry. Um, and so that, that plays into your psyche and how you mm-hmm. perceive everything around you. Right. And then from there, you know, find a hobby that you thought that you could never do before and then work on that or find a different avenue of um, to um, promote your business you know mm-hmm. i was thinking on the way here i was like you know i saw a gym up the street that was closing and they'd been there i think for at least a few years mm-hmm. um and i was like why can't they just like teach people outside at a park have everybody stand six feet away <laughs> or seven feet away from each other and then do their exercises there and have yeah. them pay like a little membership to meet you there or something mm-hmm. that way you could still generate funds the gyms are closed right um but i was thinking of that for yoga instructors and uh my friend's yoga studio got uh, they had to shut their doors mm. and so i was thinking like there's there's other ways and avenues that we you know we got to be um creative yeah. you know uh, yeah. in, in in ways of either supplementing income or to keep our, our um, us sane through everything you know just right um to find that balance really mm-hmm. um yeah think so, outside the box you know try new things yeah even do like uh just look up experiments online um you know, whatever it may be. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff online, like those five minute craft thing and see if it works and mm-hmm. do that. And mm-hmm. it, it, just even doing that little thing is enough to pull you out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very important to pull yourself out of your head. Cause, um, when I first learned, started learning meditation, that was something that, uh, that was stilting me was cause I was kept holding on to the thought instead sure. of letting it go. Yeah. And, uh, that's one of the big things they tell you in meditation is to let it go or mm-hmm. to let it run its course, not really just to let it go. Sure. 
Yeah, so I've heard yeah. the metaphor of like seeing your thoughts as a stream. Yeah. And a lily pad is, a, is, you know, like a thought and you just let the lily pad float down the stream. You don't yeah. have to jump on the lily pad and... And just ride that thought along. Yeah, yeah just you like, just yeah. see it. Oh, <laughs> let it go. Okay, next thought. Let it go. Yeah. And then you start to actually see, oh, I can separate myself from all the lily pads and just kind of be the yeah. stream a little bit, you know? Because yeah, like, as soon as you like hold on to a thought, then that thought spir- spurs another thought that falls into that same realm, and then you're trapped in this little bubble. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, like you know, you start focusing, when you start doing meditation properly, you start focusing on your breath and realizing like that is very, very sacred. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. It's driving that, the yeah. whole thing. The whole being yeah, is yeah. based on your breath, you know? Yeah. That's your soul right there. That's right. like a little bit of your soul. And totally. so it's just a uh, life force. <laughs> yeah. And so just, uh, being able to focus on those things. Um, and I noticed for me, just even quiet, just something just everything's turned off mm-hmm. um sitting out in nature just letting the trees like you know dance in the wind oh, just 100%. listening to all of that or even yeah. to birds just taking a moment just to sit in that mm-hmm. and and just to breathe breathe that all in right um is enough to take you out of your head just for just even for a moment and that is enough it's a it's, it's significant enough to kind of be a catalyst mm-hmm. and that's um that's at least what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds yeah. super on point. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing that. Yeah, no problem. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, so again, I want to shout out uh, where people can find you, any websites or handles that you have to offer. Yeah, just uh, Jaguared Art, J-A-G-W-I-R-E-D-Art.com, Jaguaredart.com, or on any of social media platforms is all the same. And you also have Art of Consciousness. Yeah, Art of Consciousness. Uh, repost mostly on Instagram. Facebook algorithms don't like us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we try to promote as much artwork as we can. Um, and we're always trying to discover new artists. We're not, you know, we, we know quite a few in our art community, but we also want to share yeah. that love all throughout Texas. Our, our main goal was to um, show that Texas was more than just this really conservative platform Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of um visionary people that live in Mm. in texas and i resonate um, with that (laughs) very very conscious minded and you know absolutely in all different all different forms Um, hashtag conscious texas (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so you know just change the dynamic of how we're being viewed you know Mm -hmm. outside from here and just using the art to really to show it not us telling them you know um because people don't like to be told what to do yeah so but this is just a visual way of um, experiencing what we have down here. And it absolutely does that. So, again, yeah. thank you for all of your time, all of your creations. It's been an honor to have you. And, yeah, I look forward to, to doing this again someday and, and to the future events. So. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you.